If you have a Bible, John 21, we're going to read it, and then we'll walk through it together. Verse 1, after this, Jesus revealed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Simon Peter, Thomas called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana and Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples were together. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, we'll go with you. They went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Just as day was breaking, Jesus stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, children, do you have any fish? They answered him, no. He said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because of the quantity of fish. That disciple who Jesus loved therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he was stripped for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish. For they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off. When they got out on land, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and so with the fish this was how the third this was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after he was raised from the dead when they had finished breakfast Jesus said to Simon Peter Simon son of John do you love me more than these he said to him yes lord you know i love you he said to him feed my lambs He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, When you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. So the saying spread abroad among the brothers that this disciple was not to die. Yet Jesus did not say to him that he was not to die But if it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? This is the disciple who is bearing witness about these things and who has written these things. And we know that his testimony is true. 
Now, there are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. It's kind of sad. We're, we end, we're, that's the, the end of John's gospel. But it's not You're the kind end. Of saying, John, no, keep writing. Yeah, wanna... keep going, man. I want some more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but we, uh, it's probably important to point out, this chapter 21 was probably added, like mm-hmm. end credits yeah. of a Marvel movie. Right, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Right? Have you guys seen the latest Avengers installment? Look yeah. <laughs> No. I knew that would Let's happen. talk Everybody about like, that. Shh. Yeah, let's talk about that part at the end for a minute. Yes. Okay. Um, at the end, people can you are about to rush the stage. <laughs> I can feel it. Can yeah. you feel like there's a real anger in the room? It right came now. out so fast. This I know. Thing. That's hilarious. But Marvel is notorious for the end credit. Yeah. Thing. Pastor yeah. Carlos told the story in the other two services about him wanting to leave yep. and Wilson not letting him do it. It was during Captain Marvel. And I had that same experience. I was, I was in a theater, like I've, I think I've only watched one Marvel movie in the theater. I was in the theater watching it and in credits came up and I started to get up and everyone's still sitting there. I didn't know the, like the club, to be in the club you have to stay there That's and sit right. in the seats. And, Until the end. And then I was like, okay. The real and end. I sat back down. Yeah. <laughs> So, so chapter 21 is kind of like the end credits. Yeah. And, and John, it's possible that John added this chapter yeah. uh, later in life. He, he wrote this when he was... Uh, it's still certainly John. It's oh, still yes. certainly yeah. close to when he wrote this. But, but somewhere he said, we need to add uh, one more um, part to this story. And there's some really cool things we learn in this story. Um, so first, the question is, why do they go fishing? Mm. Yeah, I mean, the first time I ever heard this, uh, someone preach a sermon on John chapter 21, they really got on top of Peter and they were like, you know, I, I can't believe Peter went fishing after he's experienced all this. And, and, you know, Peter's given up. Here he is. Peter's like, hey, I'm going fishing. Right, he's a fisherman by trade. So are many of the other disciples. That's where Jesus found them uh, when he originally called them to be disciples. We'll talk about that in a minute. And Peter, you know, we don't get all the context, but he just says, "I'm going fishing." The other disciples said, "We are too." And here they're off. Now, after studying it myself and looking at this closer, I know the person who preached that sermon, and we've talked about this, so I don't think I'm like uh, pushing them the wrong way. But I, I think that's wrong. I think, I think that. Uh, Peter going fishing here isn't him giving up on Jesus. I think Peter is a little lost, if yeah. I were to guess. If, yeah. if, as we read this story and kind of get a glimpse of how he's going to respond to Jesus, I think Peter at this point is like, okay, what do I do next? What's next right now? After everything we've experienced, right? You, you've just had your whole world crushed on Friday. And then you see Jesus. And everything has changed, right? You are elated. Like, how is that? Is that you, Jesus? I mean, there's a little bit of that still happening. Like, is this really real? And we find out that this is actually the third time he's now appeared to them. Yeah. And it's before, so we're in the in-between right now. You know, before they get to Pentecost, before the Holy Spirit comes on them and the book of Acts. And, and here's Peter. Here's the other disciples. We need something to eat. Let's go fishing. Let's... What do we do? And Jesus shows up and, encounter, and has an encounter with them here. And, and it's, it's very much full circle 
if you will, in uh, Matthew's account of when Jesus first called the disciples, we're going to look at a couple of these, but in this account that Matthew has, when he first calls them, in Matthew 4, verse 18, it says, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea. And he said to them, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat. He called to them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. So at the beginning of them uh, throwing in with Jesus to follow him, is, it's almost the same scene. They're yeah. fishing. Yeah. And Jesus says, you guys come with me. Yeah. And, and we've come full circle now. They've been with him for three years. They saw all of these miracles and signs and, and heard this teaching. And now here they are again in a boat. Yeah. And, and the, the scenes replaying. All those characters are here again. And John is saying, uh, it's the same, but it's different. Right, right. I do have my number on the screen. If you want to text in a question today, we're wrapping up, John. You're thinking, I've been waiting this whole time to ask this question. Maybe we can answer that. Uh, I've already got my first one. Better swimmer, Michael Phelps or Peter. So um, feel free. Phelps. Uh, yeah, probably so. Um, but feel free to text in a question if you need <laughs> oh, to. Oh, I thought I was supposed to answer. Oh, yeah. Oh, all right. Sorry. I'm with Peter here. No. You're going with Peter? No. He did walk on water. Oh, good point. Look at Luke chapter 5. <laughs> I'm going to switch gears very quickly. Sorry. No, you did. Here's, here's another account of Jesus with these disciples. And it does. It helps so much to think about what, what happens in Matthew, what happens here in Luke when Jesus first calls them. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus had gotten into the boats with these men. He had said, okay, let's put out. He started teaching in verse 4. He says, put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. This is after he finished speaking. And Simon answered, we have toiled all night, taken nothing. But at your, world, at your word, I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both the boats so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on you will be catching men. Mm. And when they had brought their boats to the land. They left everything and followed him. Okay, so they're on the same lake. They're at the same sea here. And in fact, you know, it's easy to kind of speculate maybe they're in the same place, right? This is probably near where they store their boats and they're possibly out on the same place on the lake. And Jesus comes along and when you put these two stories side by side, there's so many similarities that some have even said, maybe it's the same story, but then there's so many differences at the same time that we say, no, it's not the same story, it can't be. But we can kind of juxtapose the two stories to see, for example, how Peter responds. Yeah. In Luke chapter five, when Peter 
sees this incredible miracle that Jesus does by saying, hey, you know, just put your nets down, what's he do? What's he do right there in, in Luke 5, what we just read? He falls down. Falls down on his knees and he's worshiping Jesus. He knows, he says, depart from me, I'm a sinful man. He knows that there's someone here that's greater. Hmm. But he hasn't seen anything yet, right? This is just at the beginning. But he knows there's someone greater here. So, so the first encounter there with Jesus, he falls on his face. Now look at how he responds to Jesus. Even after he's denied him three times, when he sees this Jesus, when John recognizes it's Jesus, he jumps over the side of the boat and swims in. Swims all the way to the shore to get to Jesus. And so I, I think it gives us a picture of really who Jesus is that at, at one point you can see him as so powerful and holy and other that you know, you, you're forced to kind of fall on your face, but then at the same time, his love is so great and even after Peter knows he's denied him, he's gonna run to him. I, I think it's amazing how those two things go together and, in Jesus. And, and there's something incredibly personal about Jesus and, and the, the fact that they're about 100 yards off. Because you, you read this initially and you go, how do they not know? <laughs> Have you ever been 100 yards from the shore? It's kind of hard to make out who people are. But, yeah. but I, I think, and we talked about this earlier this morning, that when, it's interesting when John realizes it's Jesus. When, when uh, in verse 7, it's right after Jesus tells them from the shore, hey, throw your net on the other side. And John, I think John immediately goes, oh, oh, wait. He's thinking back to three years prior mm -hmm. to this, and when they had thrown the nets over, he knows mm -hmm. that's, that's Jesus. And when he tells Peter... It just clicks right there. Yeah, and all of a sudden, they're like, oh, wait, uh, here we go. And so they, they drag, uh, you know, Peter leaves them, vintage Peter. He's changed, but not a lot. Um, he leaves everybody else to do the work. He does finally come out to help them drag the, the net full of fish in. Um, when they get there, again, this is a picture of Jesus that we've seen all throughout the Gospel of John. When, when they get there, on verse, in verse 9, they saw a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out on it and bread. Mm -hmm. So here's the, again, the resurrected king of the universe. <laughs> He, he has just closed the door on death, and he's making breakfast for his friends. It, it, it ought to push our minds back to him wrapping the towel around himself at the Last Supper. He's still serving mm -hmm. as resurrected king making breakfast for a bunch of fishermen who aren't apparently very good at their jobs. Yeah. Yeah. It really recalls, again, I, it, I think the disciples at this point are processing everything. We're, we're on the other side of it where we can look back yeah. at this story and, and know how this has all turned out. We can know how Jesus fulfilled so many of the Old Testament prophecies John has pointed out through his gospel. He said, look, this is, and when Jesus did this, this fulfilled this. 
Now, when John writes this, if you recall, we talked about this kind of when we started this gospel. He writes this a, a long time after. He's a, he's a he's elderly man at this point. Maybe 40 years yeah, after. Yeah, 40 plus years after these events. And, and so they've been able to fully put together what's happened and who Jesus is. But the disciples are so grappling with this. Who is this man? You know, even them sitting there at breakfast and asking like, you know, no one dared ask who this was. I, that's, that's a pretty amazing like point there, like that John brings that out, that they're yeah, it, it would be, like, if we were in the disciples' place, it would be like, is this, what's yeah. happening? Is this really, like, he's resurrected? He's resurrected, we, and now he's making us breakfast, and, like, what, how does we all this work? supposed to still interact the same way? Yeah. Is he, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> and but it, you, have, you have a couple other meals that we've had in John. Mm-hmm. We, we go back to John chapter 6. Remember that story where Jesus feeds the 5,000? And he takes some bread and some fish and he multiplies it out. I mean, can you imagine what's running through their minds in this meal? I mean, they have to know this is towards the end. <laughs> Jesus has made it clear he's, he's been alive. He's not going to Jerusalem to establish his kingdom. That's kind of what they saw the Messiah doing. Instead, Jesus yeah. goes to Galilee, which is a long ways removed from Jerusalem. He's not in the middle of the action. He's come to Galilee where these guys have kind of gotten away to fish. And he sits down with them. And he's inviting them into the true kingdom of God. And, and it, it's got to be running through their minds. And what happened there with the thousands of people that they fed that day when Jesus took the bread and the fish and he multiplied it out, it has to be running through their mind. It has to be thinking, this Jesus who did that amazing miracle, now we actually see him for who he is. We know him in all his glory here. Post-resurrection, here he is. And yet, he's still inviting us in. And, he's and, the king, and yet he's still inviting us in. And, and they have to be thinking, too, about the last time yes, they had a meal supper. with him, yeah. which was prior to his execution, where they're observing the Passover, and, and maybe pieces are starting to drop into place where, wait a second, maybe this is the Passover lamb. Behold, the lamb of God mm-hmm. who takes away the sin mm-hmm. of the world. And so all of these pieces are falling into place, and... Um, then, then pause there too, just for the significance of a meal, right? Yeah. That he's, what he's doing is he's restoring and reaffirming their calling, and he's doing so in the most like relational way possible. When you sit down for a meal with someone and you're eating with them, right? That's where like real relationship happens. At your kitchen table, you know, afterwards today, you're going to go sit down with some friends and eat lunch together, and, and it's so relational, right? And that's what Jesus is doing, even though he's the king. He's shown himself to be greater than death. Here he is sitting down with his disciples, and he says, here, I'm going to serve you a meal. I'm going to have this meal with you. I'm going to invite you back into this story because I've got more for you to come. You know, here they are. They're kind of wandering around like, what's next? What do we do? We're fishing. And Jesus said, "I'm, I'm calling you back into this story. And I've got more for you here. Yeah, and I was, I was just going to say that, that it is this intimate meal with Jesus, really, that he's called us as a church to... You, you think about it. You don't eat a lot of meals with enemies. Yeah. Right? The, the, the table is where uh, people are reconciled. It's where, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's where life is shared. And, and even when one of the ordinances of the church is around the table where we acknowledge that we've been reconciled uh, by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. 
You got another Why question? is there a question of who you are? I can't wait for you to answer this. Do, do they still not understand who he is? Why do you think they are like not daring to ask who he is in this I, story? I think we, we, talk, we touched on it a little bit. I think there's still a little bit of this, like they just don't know what they're supposed to do. Again, remember, this is before Pentecost, this is before the Holy Spirit comes, and they are, this is a different group of dudes after the Holy Spirit shows up. But I think some of it is just a little bit of fear, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know. Like, there would have to be questions. Yeah. Like, I, wouldn't, I know if I have seen this guy die and then come back from the dead and he's got a campfire going on the beach when I show up, I, there are things I'm like, who are you? Yeah, yeah. Right? It's the, I don't know if that answered the question, but that's it's a hard to bit, relate until you're... <laughs> Until you've experienced it, I guess, yes. right? I'm sure. Um, but John, John, they still are scared enough to know, I, I'm not asking. I'm because I may be a little afraid of the answer. Yeah. Yeah. I love the way one commentator put it is, if Jesus were to answer here, his answer would certainly be, I am. Yeah. We've talked about that in this series of where Jesus would often, he's, he's given us seven I am statements through the book of John, and he, that, he, he would refer back to how he was revealed in the Old Testament, that he is the I am. And, um, and so the disciples there, again, are just, this is crazy. <laughs> yes. Yes. I think who are you is the right mm-hmm. response. Any of us would, would be one to ask it in that kind of who are you kind of way. Um, and then we have Peter. Peter. And the question is, why does Jesus ask Simon Peter three times, do you love me? I think, I mean, this, to me, it just seems pretty obvious. It's because Peter denied three times. Mm-hmm. And, and I think Jesus is, is pressing into that to say to Peter, look, I know. Mm-hmm. I know you denied me three times. And... As bad as your failure and your denial was, my grace is sufficient. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remind you by asking you three times, but all three times saying, in, in, in some sense, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm here. You're here. We're, this is okay now. Mm-hmm. It had to happen. Right. In fact, uh, I can't remember what gospel writer it is. Maybe it's Luke that uh, where Jesus actually tells Peter that Satan has asked for permission to sift him. And then uh, Jesus says this has happened so that when you're restored. um, Jesus knew this was going. None of this caught him off guard. But Peter is a wreck. Yeah. Right. And so. Uh, I, I think Jesus does it in some ways to, to, to say, uh, if you think back to the garden, we've talked a lot about the garden and everything coming undone that went wrong in the garden. When God uh, comes into the garden and asks Adam, uh, where are you? God knows, right? He knows what's happened. He's trying to get Adam to acknowledge it. And God always wants to expose us mm-hmm. yeah. before he loves us. Does that make sense? And I think that's some of what's going on with this three times he asked him, do you love me? And that's how we fully experience his love. Right. Is to know that when we see ourselves uh, for who we really are and we see someone staring back at us saying, no, I still love you. 
that changes everything, right? Yeah. It's one thing for us to kind of have that facade for people and to uh, present ourselves a certain way and to feel loved back. But when you put everything on the table and you say, no, deep down, this is what's really in my heart. Deep down, like these are the things that like I would, I would love for people not to see. When all that's exposed and someone still looks you in the eyes and says, I love you, that changes everything. And that's what Jesus is doing to Peter here. And, and he reaffirms that Peter has value and worth and he has a purpose, right? He gives Peter a job, right? All three times he, he gives some version of, right. he says, feed my sheep or feed my lambs the first time, feed my, attend my sheep. So it's, it's feed, provide, tend, provide and protect mm-hmm. the sheep, they're my sheep, but I'm gonna, you, help me. You have a job, Peter. You're not a colossal failure. Feed my sheep. Um, so I, I think that's a big piece of what's going on here. Jesus is reaffirming that uh, original call where he that's said, right. come follow me, leave these nets. And, and I'll teach you how to fish for men. Mm-hmm. Those men would become the sheep. We know that from John 10, right? And he's saying, Peter, feed these sheep. Take care of these sheep. That is your, just gonna be your role. It's gonna be your job. It's interesting, in 1 Peter um, 5, Peter uh, says, he's writing to the church. He says, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you. He, he goes back to this image of Jesus saying to him, shepherd the flock, uh, tend the flock, protect the flock. Mm-hmm. When he's writing to a group of elders saying, take care of the sheep. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, that image never leaves I mean, Peter to... Sometimes we need those events in our life, and some of you have had those kind of events where you've had this moment with God, right? You can recall back, and it's, it's good for us to, to look back at those moments. You can recall back and think, I know exactly where I was standing. I know exactly what was going on when this happened. Uh, somebody brought up the point of even just the feel and the, the smell and the emotions that surrounded uh, Peter as he was, he was around the fire whenever he uh, first yeah. denied Jesus. And here he is again at the fire and just even the smells coming back. And here's this moment with Jesus where Jesus says, I still love you. I have a purpose for you, Peter. Hmm. And as much as it, you know, Peter felt exposed, Jesus was restoring him, reaffirming his calling on his life. No, Peter, I have something for you right now. And so some of you, again, you've had those moments where you've, you've just met with God. And you can go back to those, and, and just like Peter did when he writes the others, I mean, it had to be so burned in his mind that here he is when he, you know, years later, him writing back saying, I want you to do what Jesus called me to do. Yeah, and, and Jesus uh, gives Peter a little glimpse into the future, uh, shows him what kind of death he's going to die. And, um, and he reinforces that by saying, follow me. And then Peter, <laughs> Peter turns and goes, all right, uh, so I see. This is how I'm going down. He turned and he sees John. So think about it. Peter knows he's just been reminded by Jesus. He denied Jesus three times. He knows John didn't. 
right? John stayed. So Peter's thinking, all right, if that's how I'm going out, mm-hmm. I, wonder how, I wonder how John's going yeah. out. Like, it's human nature, right? You want to know, well, if I've got to die that way, what about him? And Jesus says, um, I, don't, I don't really know how to read this. I, I don't, um, I, I, it's a little gentle rebuke at least. Mm-hmm. What, what does it matter to you? Mm-hmm. What happens to him? It doesn't matter what happens to him. What matters, Peter, is you follow me. It's this uh, reminder that we we all are going to walk this the yeah. same path. Yeah. I'm trying to remember how you said it earlier. Do you remember how you I said it? I don't remember it. We're going to walk the same path of picking up our cross to follow Jesus. Right. But it's it's going to look different at the same time. Right. And so we and, but same, there, but it's different. But there's this human nature for us to want to know. Man, I really wish I had Joel's gig. Right? Yeah. Like we, we look around and sometimes we think, man, I, I could be a better disciple mm-hmm. if I was in that person's yeah. place. And, and that's the history of the disciples, right? They've gone back and forth throughout <laughs> their, their time with Jesus. James and John were like, hey, put us on the right and left of you when you judge uh, in heaven. And uh, of course, Peter is probably always sort of kind of wanting to one-up them. And so there's been a little bit of a power struggle yeah. there. And Jesus says, no, 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 this is not the way my kingdom works. You know, what, the, what I have for you, Peter, is different than what John has, uh, what I have for John. And so I think it's a I think the story really moves, you know, from here's this group of disciples that Jesus is really speaking directly to, and you see it, uh, you see Peter then brought back and affirmed, and then even with these last few words in, in the Gospel of John, it really moves back and, and takes it home for us. Right. It, it, it circles outside of this little circle to all followers to hear, right, because John writes these words. John 20 tells us he writes these words so that we may believe that Jesus is the Christ and that in believing we'd have new life. And when we believe in this Jesus who despite anything you know, we've done still loves us and when we start to follow him, uh, that's when, you, when we say follow him, that means believe him. That means, that means believe him every step of the way to, to believe these words as we read the rest of the New Testament, walk out in obedience, the commands he's given us. When we do that, we, you know, he's got a path for each of us. And, and even though we're all doing the same thing, we're all following his commands, we're all picking up our cross, he's got a different path for each of us. And, and when we do that, we like, it's good. We find life, right? That's where we find new life. Yeah. One thing we haven't even touched on is this. When, so they don't know it's Jesus. And from the shore, he says, hey, throw your nets. Yeah. They listen. It, uh, it reminded me of when, uh, you remember the first miracle? John chapter 2. They're at a wedding. Jesus is invited with his disciples. The wine runs out, and Jesus' mom comes to him and says, they have no wine. And Jesus said, woman, what does this have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Right? So mom knows, right? In some sense, you're seeing that here. Whatever Jesus tells you to do, do it. 
That, that's really kind of where this whole uh, Gospel of John lands on do what Jesus tells you to do. John says, believe. These things are written so that you will believe. That's a command. Yeah. Do what Jesus says. Yeah. Believe in him. And then you, you, uh, you, you think about it. Um, so many times we get caught up with this idea, I got to know the will of God, this perfect will of God for my life. Well, here's, here's a, how about this tip, right? What do we know for sure Jesus has commanded us to do? In John, we know this, right? John 13 and in John 15, he repeats twice this new command, love one another. Whatever he tells you to do, do it. That, that, I think, is what Jesus is, uh, John is pointing us to here in the life of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Is he's mm-hmm. saying, oh, just obey him. In fact, in, in uh, John, uh, is it John 10, where he says, if you love me, keep these commands. Mm-hmm. The commands mm-hmm. are this, love God and love each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's a, so you have at the end of John this full circle, a, a call to follow again after a miraculous catch, which is the same as we saw in two other gospel accounts, after a miraculous catch, where, except it's different this time, because this time the nets don't tear mm-hmm. and Peter won't fail mm-hmm. because he came out of the tomb. And it's just, it's a totally different thing happening now. So this is it. This is John, in, in essence, commissioning us that we are like the disciples. Now that we've seen the resurrected Christ, we have on us a mission. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For by grace are you saved through faith. It's, it's not something you can do. It's a gift from God so that you don't brag about it. And then it goes on to say that we are God's workmanship. That's the next verse in verse 10. It says, for we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. What, when Jesus saves us and he gives us new life, it doesn't end there, right? He calls us to something, and, and sometimes it means death, like for Peter, and sometimes it will mean that we get to live out a full life like John does. But either way, it's a calling to go and to follow him as far as he takes us. Yeah. And so the, the challenge for us then is, is to walk that path he's called us to, not somebody else's, mm-hmm. but the one he's called us to. And he has called you specifically. You may not think you have much influence. You may wish, like Peter, there's a little bit of Peter like, man, I, John seems to be the favorite. What about him? That's, that's not the issue. The issue is God's called you. He loves you just like he loves Peter, no matter your failures. And what, John, what Jesus is saying to all of us in this room is, you follow me. You walk this path I've called you to because I want you to be fishers of men. And, and so I want to close today by asking you the question Jesus asked the disciples. Do you have any fish? Because that's really what we're called to, right? Fishers of men. Do you have any fish? You ought to have at least one. Let's pray.